Hey guys, and welcome to another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. I'm Josh Horowitz. Welcome to my podcast. A uh, hell of a show for you guys. This week we've got not only the amazing Oscar-nominated brilliant actor that is Ray Fine, starring in a new movie called A Bigger Splash, but uh, just as importantly, we've got our... Um, our good omen, our good luck charm. Um, now I don't want to say your name. Oh, Sammy's back. <laughs> Sammy's back on the intro. Hey, Sammy. Hi. I'm so happy to be back. What do you say? That makes, makes me think you're no, not No, I'm happy. not. I really am. My heart is full right now. That's wonderful. If I had a heart, it would be full, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, sadly, uh, we haven't had you on the intro just because of circumstance. It's nothing personal, Sammy. I feel like you make it all personal. I don't know, because I feel like you could have, like... No. I don't know, brought me with you to Las Vegas. I or... don't have this kind of discretionary income at my feet right now. Well, if Times you cared, if we let's start a Kickstarter. Okay, Kickstarter <laughs> have Sammy accompany me on my trips. Um, <laughs> circumstances got in the way, yes. I, well, we were both in L.A. for MTV Movie we Awards. Had, we, we, had, we were backstage together. Oh, that that was, was really that exciting. Was fun. We can talk about that for a second. What, yeah. What's it like for you to be backstage at, at a big event like the MTV Movie Awards? Was it fun? So, yeah. So, let me just set the scene. So, Movie Awards were outside this year. So, we're literally like in a parking lot, pretty much, interviewing the biggest stars in the world. So Josh would go into, like, the green room and sort of feel out who was around, who was feeling chatty. And then all of a sudden, he would come out and he'd be like, we got Will Smith. Are you ready to go? Let's go. <laughs> That's and exactly how like, I would say it. it Will, Will Smith in 10 seconds. Go. It was, like, kind of, by kind the of, way. Yeah. <laughs> and so then it was really exciting. I mean, Will Smith. I, I Everyone was really excited. You were, you were excited about Big Willie. I, like... I am so shocked. I've never felt so starstruck in my life. He's definitely look. I mean, not surprisingly, but he's 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 got that certain something. The tall guy. He's like got a great presence. He's got that kind of presidential thing where he like. I actually haven't interviewed him a lot over the years, but um, in that conversation, like he's like very much in your face, locking eyes with you, like engaged and that like, laugh, oh, that yeah. that classic Will Smith what's laugh. Your, what's your Ha <laughs> ha! Okay, that's not it. Like, like if you listen to the beginning of every Will Smith song, you always go ha 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 ha. <laughs> not to be confused with uh, our buddy The Rock's no, laugh. He's like a ha ha. It's, it's a small difference, but it, it's there. It's, you can hear it. You um, can feel it. Yeah, it was fun. That was that was actually uh, one of my favorite backstage kind of gigs at yeah. movie awards it was it was a it was a cool vibe it was very we got, exciting we got a chance to talk to a bunch of cool people and then uh yeah i, I mentioned last week on the podcast um i was in vegas for CinemaCon, which was fun um all those interviews we've been rolling out um so you should definitely check them out there a lot of them are on mtv news's youtube page um i love my little time i had with jeff goldblum it was very special you have to release the full thing i kind of want to it's kind you of have epic to. i know tweet at josh and ask him he'll okay. do it if you guys ask him not if i do right <laughs> to release to release the, the 14 full, minutes of bliss with jeff goldblum it's it's incredible but even the four or five minutes we put online is pretty special yeah. I, I would recommend that um by by the time you listen to this there'll be a, a great uh, interview with chris pratt an exclusive interview mm. the only one he did in CinemaCon that was uh, really fun um and we've got another really fun bit with chris pratt going up uh, in a couple days that you guys should keep an eye out for that um hopefully will explode the internet it'll in some way. change the world it might change it'll 
changing process. people's lives, changing my life. You were right. Sammy, uh, Sammy uh, to full disclosure, was a big part of the create the creative creation oh. of this little venture that we did with Chris. But um, uh, it was hope- a fever dream. It was, it was as fever <laughs> dreams go. It was a good one. Um, so that's coming soon. And uh, yeah, we should get to this week's episode. As I said, Ray Fines is the guest on this week's show. Before you go, yes. before you start, yes. Where were you when you found out? I don't know where you're going. It was this. Rafe and not Ralph. I think I knew Rafe from, Rafe from the beginning. There's no way that you read his name no, the first time not. you heard of him and you were like, that's Rafe. Well, the first time I had heard of him, like many other people, was when Schindler's List came out. He had done Your ver- favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> Laugh Ride of 1993. Yeah. Um, but that was virtually one of his very first performances. He'd done almost nothing on camera before. And there was so much. I mean, I was old enough that there was like talk about that performance so i think i was very early on clued into it's rafe not ralph and i did not even mention the ralph rafe conversation with him because i'm sure he's sick to death of it um but we did talk about schindler's list which is an amazing film and an amazing performance um i was always wowed by his one-two punch of doing schindler's list and the next year just a few months later i feel like or maybe next year he did quiz show with robert redford directing Mm -hmm. um and him and uh he's a very versatile actor he's an amazing actor did you get into made in manhattan you know and i didn't you're such an asshole i know i know i know that was gonna come up you're such an asshole it was on the list look here's what i'll say he he was great. He's he's definitely an intimidating um, presence. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't easily get Im- intimidated in my interviews, but um, there's something about him that's very, um, you know, he's not effusive. He he's very reserved. Um, so and I haven't done frankly a ton of interviews with him. So um, I you know I didn't want to push and make it too silly in, in spaces. This is like a serious dramatic actor. So it, it, this conversation isn't a laugh riot, but it is a very. Um, he's a very thoughtful, interesting guy talking in, in a very, I think, profound way about acting, about his process, and about some of the unique films that he's done, whether it's Schindler's List or Quiz Show. We talk about Strange Days, which is a personal favorite of mine. We talk about the Harry Potter movies, um, all the way up to this new movie, which uh, I should mention is called A Bigger Splash. And um, it opens in a few weeks. Let's see. I think it opens... Oh, no. Where is it? I think it opens... Oh, man. In a few in weeks. In a few weeks. Let's look out for it. But it's um, it's really good. It's it stars him and Tilda Swinton. Dakota Johnson's in it. Ooh. Uh, it's from Fox Searchlight, which you know they always do great work. Um, and it's kind of um, and also the, there's like a fourth actor, Matthias Schoenarts. One more time. Matthias Schoenarts. How? What's just the last name? He was he was he was in <laughs> Rust and Bone. He's been in a bunch mm-hmm. of things. He's one to look out for. Um, and it's basically a four character piece. And um, Rafe plays like a record producer. Um, who uh, back in the heyday, like he was like a big with like the Rolling Stones, etc. And uh, Tilda Swinton's like in like full like rock star mode. She's like a basically like a David Bowie type that's um, on vocal rest. And it all takes place like in Italy, and it's beautiful, but it's kind of like has some suspense elements to oh. it. It's a character study. Um, and it's one of those movies that you don't need to know a lot going in, but know that. Um, it's full of great performances, and that's no surprise. Given great performances and great first names from the actors. Tilda and Rafe and yeah. Dakota and Matthias. Yeah. That's quite a foursome. Like you could, yeah, you could tell what they were looking for when they were casting this. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, yes. Sorry, I don't have the release date handy, but it's, it's out in a couple weeks. Gosh, it's okay. I'm sorry. It's, oh, no, I got it. I got it. I got it. Yes. May 4th. May 4th. Okay. So. May the 4th be with you. Yes, it's the perfect accompaniment <laughs> to a Star Wars film. Um, but I think that's about all the preamble that you need to know for Ray Fiennes. Like I said, this was a, a real treat because Any he's one of the of best. Any talk of his brother? 
We didn't talk about Joseph Fiennes, although, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a Shakespeare in love uh, uh, enthusiast. I know it gets a bad rap from some people. Are you serious? Well, because the whole thing about it is it beat Saving Private Ryan uh, for Best Picture that year. And that's a prop? He, I, I Look, I love them both. I think they're both right. exceptional films, but I think it, it very immediately became kind of... Um, a thing that it was, it was not as weighty. A film so this is such a hot topic these days. I don't even think we should really weigh in <laughs> like from the, the 1998 Oscars. <laughs> yeah, real thing. Sorry to get tense yeah, there, guys. Yeah, it's like we don't. We're neutral. We'll continue that conversation <laughs> on the next controversial episode. Happy, sad, confused. Um, but in the meantime, it's so good. The gang's all back together. We're back in New York. Everything mm-hmm. is as it should be. The world is right. The world is right. Um, some really cool folks coming up soon that I won't mention because I'll jinx them. But um, we're back in business, guys. And I hope you enjoy this conversation with not Ralph. Don't you call him Ralph. Rafe. Rafe Fines. Thank you for doing this. I, I realize it's a, a bit of a time commitment, but um, hopefully we'll we'll have some, something more substantive than the usual kind of junket horribleness. Okay. okay. <laughs> Actually, I get to the Asian, the soul searching ones are the ones I hate. Oh no! <laughs> the, the short, brief ones are painless. <laughs> Suddenly, you like the three or four minute. Yeah, interview. yeah, I do. Yeah. I, do. <laughs> I didn't know that was possible. <laughs> um, well, we'll start with with high compliments on the film. That's always a good place to start. Uh, it's a, it's a great piece of work. A bigger splash. I good. really enjoyed it. Thank you. I'm curious if like the the algorithm of taking on a, a job changes over the course of a career. Like if like your instincts or whatever change have changed. And if I spoke to you ten or fifteen years ago, asking about why you took such and such job, is it a different kind of a rationale? No, I don't think so. I think uh, it's just a gut feeling on what what's been offered to you and who the director is. And is it different? Is it some just? It's a. Uh, I like the writing of the screenplay. I like the part of Harry was fantastic. I've never been asked to play that sort of character before, I don't think. Uh, and I like Luca. Yeah. I sat down with Luca. I like the way he talked. I like his his individual intelligence. And so I just, it was a hunch, you know, a yeah. feeling that this... I mean, I like David Kaganich's screenplay. I thought it was really... Yeah. And that's main, mainly the thing that I think helps you decide is the how original is it and what different you know it's a combination of things director screenplay part do you, do you feel that um can a a screenplay override and this wasn't the case here clearly you had an excellent screenplay and an excellent director at the helm but if you have maybe a director that you're not clicking with and a screenplay that's working can that can that even out can it can it come can it come out okay in the wash or oh, there's no way of knowing yeah i don't think there's any way of knowing you I can have a, I can't say who, but I have a sense that a anxiety that the script is good, and suddenly are we doing it yeah. well? You know, is it? I mean, is it on the page? It felt great. Now we're here doing it. Is it? Are we just that that sense of have we got it? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, but there's no way of knowing how it's going to come out. And, and what are you looking for? You talk about talking to Luca and then connecting on some level. Like, what are you looking for in those initial conversations? Is it just a personality thing? Is it enthusiasm? Is it a, is a focus? Is it a vision? What are you hoping to get out of those first meetings that makes, get, makes you feel comfortable? Oh, just some connection that you don't, I think it's good to go in open-minded. Yeah. You, got, you must be open-minded surely. And you just want whatever this spirit person is that's, you want to be open to their ideas and their, 
their pitch and see where the conversation that you like them at a, at a human level that you like right. spending time with them and then the way they talk about it and the project is seems smart and unusual and it's just it's a human contact you yeah. just, I mean you're going to spend filmmaking is hard and you might as well not start it on different planes. You want to be, you want as a, on a human level, you want to feel happy in the company or connected as creatively connected at least. Yeah. Feel you're making the movie that, that you believe in that. Yeah. I mean, Luke is quite, you know, he's, he's, um, he's very unusual. He's, you know, he has, he goes off piece a bit sometimes on the set and has new, lets ideas come to him and is, uh, I like his filmic intelligence, his filmic imagination, and he's referencing other films that he likes. You know, he's, um, you know, I, he's, he's not part of a system. Right. Um, he's definitely not part of the sort of studio system. I mean, he's, he's more in the mold of the sort of slightly, uh, of the, you know, the, people who are going to take a risk with a film and yeah. risk risk. He takes risks, I would say. And he, he's someone that's collaborated obviously a few times with Tilda, who I would, yeah. I would imagine is something that um, is a huge part of the well, equation. Clearly her, her, from her work, she always takes stuff. Right. A little unusual, different, you know, she's never, she never takes anything that's run of the mill. Exactly. Ever. Um, and that's, an, that was another attraction was working with Tilda, who I've admired for a long time. Um, initially, she, when I when I accepted the part, she hadn't yet come on board, but I was pushing for her. That's one word. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I didn't. Yeah, I mean, it was odd to me. Yeah, anyway, she was. T- anyway, it all came together. Yeah. Um, and it's an amazing performance for her as well. In that she she really doesn't speak much much of the film. She's on kind of vocal rest. Um, Are you talking to her? I'm not talking okay. to her. Sadly, I've talked to her okay. in the past. She's quite a quite a unique individual itself. Yeah, go ahead. Thank you. She's yeah. Well, initially on the page, the part was not um, the character of Marianne spoke. She spoke. It was oh, Tilda's idea. Of course, it was. That's amazing <laughs> to make her largely silent. And yeah. What, and what actor would voluntarily say? You know what? Cut my lines. Cut. Ha- ha- 75% of my lines. Yeah, I didn't know that she was meant, I mean, I was impressed at the courage. I wasn't sure. <laughs> she, I was worried that she was denuding herself of some sort of linguistic leverage. But Yet she could, I feel like she is one that could, could have existed as a great silent film actress herself. Yeah, for sure. There's so much that's conveyed in, in, in her very presence. Um, I agree. Is there a way for you to describe sort of what makes an actor great or a great screen partner for you? Is it unique to each actor or is there a commonality in, in the actors that you admire? Um, I think it's, it's not really, it's what, well, there's a difference. You can look at an actor and admire them and adore their work from a distance and you don't know that if you were to ever work with that actor, whether that would be right, that would be a connection. I, I, I get very probably a bit overly obsessed, but it, 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 the connection is everything with the other actor. Right. Just the the sort of how you listen, how you play. Yeah. And it seems to become more and more the thing that really matters. 
that they're that you're listening to each other and and that's and I can't tell whether that means you you end up giving great performances. The odds are, I think, the work will be if you're present with someone and they send you stuff in the way they act that challenges you, charges you, and gives you a charge, gives you an incentive. Then one would think that raises. You are, yeah, yeah, you think it would just if you're if you're open, then you you will probably find stuff that's not planned. Sure. And and I think that the more that the acting is not planned, I mean, you have a plan, you learn your lines, you have an idea, but the more you can go into areas that surprise yourself, yeah, um, that's better, I think. And then you need a, a, the, the. I think that one of the points of a great director is that they they guide, right? Um, they guide that emerging stuff that. Um, the stuff that's not on the page that's, yeah, connect, stuff that that's connection. not on the page yeah. yeah I mean I I like it when directors take you off piece a bit mm -hmm. um, and, and if you trust them and you feel that's that can be good you know it's, what do you never want to hear a director say or do on a set what what is anathema to your process what is what's 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 the sign that oh god I've gotten myself into a situation maybe that isn't ideal for me Without, without naming names. No, it's probably just what you don't want is... You just don't want banal encouragement. <laughs> I'm a big boy. I know I'm okay. I don't need... I, I, yeah, that's great. Should we go again? What, or what do you think? What, you, know, you just want... It's great when someone can give you a specific thing. That, that I like this. Or when you... They offer up an idea. Yep. But it's when they just... If, if they're just going, yeah, yeah, good, good, good. Mm. No, no, I think we're happy. You don't want to get in Then you go, as an actor, you know there's more I, I can give. And if you are alert to me, you would be helping me right. find other stuff. I mean, sometimes you go, and you know, actors say, can I have another take? Because you feel, but often the actor doesn't really know. They just have a hunch there's more to give. But yeah. I think the most inspired working relationships are when the director feels there's more the actor can find. Anthony Minghella was great at that. He was very great at supporting and coaxing and then giving little in, sort of indicators of where you might like to try stuff. But, um, yeah, you just, that's the worst thing, I would say. Just yeah. sort of a banal acceptance of... <laughs> right, no. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, every actor at, at every level needs... Um guidance and encouragement but in the right way not just an, yeah, empty, and, you, an empty and, and critic i mean sometimes criticism is good like you know <laughs> that's a bit too fast or a bit too loud or right. seems a bit generalized or um is it is the more specific a note is the generally the better in terms of if it's specific it's really good yeah if it's specific and also if they can find a smart but unpretentious way of talking about what's underneath mm-hmm that you can find it's great with the director when you can find a sort of code mm -hmm. and, and, it, and then over, then it can become a shorthand yeah because you know you've established this, this is the thing that makes the performance work and we don't want to go too much there sure um yeah is, is there a collaborator i'm trying to think through your filmography now that you've worked with as much as say tilda's worked with luca that you mm. that you find a kindred spirit that you you feel you whether you already have a return to them a couple times and someone you can imagine hoping to in the rest of the course of your career that feels like 
you're on the same page and someone you can learn together with. Mm. Um, well, I haven't worked with many people twice. Is that right? No, I don't know what that says. <laughs> <laughs> you're trying new things out. Um, Is, there must be some that you're itching to, to work again with. Probably many, I would think. Or as part of it, the freshness of working with no, someone. No, no, I think as people who I've, like Istvan Sabo, Hungarian mm -hmm. director, we always talked about doing something together again, but it hasn't, hasn't Easier happened. said than done, yeah. Um, Anthony, sadly, yeah. Uh, no longer with us, but he was always someone I had hoped one day I would right. find, definitely wanted to work with him again. Um, more in the theatre than mm. I have worked with the same director more than once um but not in oh no catherine bigelow i've worked with short her locker yeah, and strange her days her of yeah, course yeah and that yeah. was great um i have affection for strange days by the way which i know is 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 kind of a i don't know if divisive maybe it's too harsh a word but it has its fierce lovers like myself do, do you hold it in high regard do you have fond memories of that experience or was it a difficult well one? yeah no i have i love filming it And then I, I sort of thought, how could, I mean, I was a bit naive. I just thought it seems really modern and provocative and it's out there. And I mean, I guess I worried that I could convince as an ex-LAPD <laughs> policeman, but I thought the filmmaking was terrific. Yeah, and kinetic, it's, just electric. And it's so punchy and it's yeah. slightly ahead of its time, I think, because people are making that sort of stuff now. But I don't think, I think back, I do sometimes think, well, why didn't it quite work? I mean, I, 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 I do meet people who go, this is a great, great movie. And it's one of those things that maybe, maybe I'm flattering myself, but anyway, or the film, but I think it'll stand the test of time in strange so. days. Yeah. Well, I think all of her films, frankly, yeah, she's incapable yeah, of making. Yeah, I think it really is strong. If you'll forgive me, and I know Schindler's List comes up all the time, but I mean, I, I feel like anybody that, that saw it has such vivid memories of the first time they saw it. And um, it was the first time, I think many people saw you on, on film. Yeah. It was one of your first projects yeah. on film. What stands out to me among many things, I remember your first screen moment in that film and you're, mm. I think you're, you're in a cheaper car That's right. and someone's describing the ghetto on this side, the That's ghetto right. on this side. And your first line is so just sets, sets that character up in such a brilliant way. Does it put the fucking roof down or something? Yeah. Like it's, it, it's fucking freezing in here. It's fucking freezing. <laughs> um, was that, was that always the introduction to uh, Amon Goff? I think it was. I think the, the 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 F word might have snuck in with Stephen <laughs> suggesting that. Um, did, did, but I think that was the first line. It was it's, if it was it's freezing or it's fucking freezing. I'm not yeah. sure. But, yeah. Is um in some ways did that that thank you that experience spoil you in any way? In that it, it's such a special film. It's such. Well, a, that's someone I'd love to work with again, Stephen. No. I loved being directed by him. Yeah, I loved. He's totally spontaneous. Always looking, looking for another level, another thing. I have very, very vivid memories of the sort of the energy coming off of him. Yeah, sorry. I, no, that, that's okay. That's actually interesting because, I, as I recall, like that was. That was new ground for him at the time. He had been like storyboarding everything up until that film. And as I recall, he's talked about that was not a film that he necessarily. Yeah. I remember he told that to me actually on set. He said, normally I, he just finished the first Jurassic Park. And he said, no, this is a film. I've storyboarded every 
moment and he said here I feel I'm just you know, improvising and it's crazy yeah. yeah yeah but he when I wouldn't have for us for the actors it felt that he was completely so connected to right. the but also he had that I mean you know I mean it was it was all inspiring the knowledge technical knowledge of everything lenses cameras just knew 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 what every movement right of, it's just a true genius so able yeah. to be purely have such technical knowledge to be so really expressive about knowing what a lens was going to do and of course there are directors like that but I mean, you do you do meet well i've been i've been there myself as a first time director right. you know you you learn about when someone says well if we shoot it on this lens it's going to do this right. and then you and then i did think when i was you know putting my toe in the water behind the camera wow you know it's good how I thought, ooh, how great it would be to have even a little bit more knowledge than I had. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be um, fair, you're, when you're comparing yourself to the likes of Spielberg or like a, I think of a Tarantino, these people that feel like they were genetically created mm, to, to create sure. films and it's in their bones. That's right. Every, That's every right. tool in their, in their toolkit is, is finely, finely tuned. Um, are you able to look at that performance? Are you self-critical? Like when you look back, for instance, at, at Schindler's List, what do you, do you see? Are you proud of it? Do you see flaws? Do you see a different actor? I haven't seen it for ages. Yeah. I haven't seen it. I, um, no, I feel uncomfortable. I never look back at stuff. Is that right? I don't. I mean, I guess I've seen it. I don't know when I last saw it. Is that generally for most of your work? That yeah. it's, it's just tough. Yeah. I, I like to see it when it's fresh. I like to see what it is. I don't have any shyness about seeing it the first time round. I'm curious, but... But then I quickly, I might see it once, you know, you're given a screening by the producers, the yeah. director, you see it privately, you go, oh, ah, e, ah, oh, ooh, oh, good, oh, horrible. And then, <laughs> and then you see it again a bit more, with a bit more cooler uh, perspective, and then you get a better sense of what it's like. And then after that, I'm happy to, <laughs> to not, well, move not, on. Well, did that make directing yourself a... A difficult prospect in the yeah, editing it did, room. It did. It had. It was. It to be confronted with the rushes of yourself was very <laughs> weird. You go from you know, you know you, I, I was blessed with a very strong, good editor who was able to identify. I couldn't tell. You know what I thought was good in my work. He would say, "I'm not sure. I think it's this one." And I, it was tough to. It made me never want to go... When I'm now acting on a set, I never want to look at the monitor. Oh, you don't look at dailies, you don't look at any of that? At no, no, no. I think it's... Never want... I mean, I don't... It's, so much, it, you're, it's self-conscious. You go back on set and now you're thinking about... I used to... I know I have been on films where I have wanted to look at the monitor and thought that I was able to observe and possibly was observing things I could do better. Yeah. But uh, the, 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 the after effects of directing myself is I just never want to... I don't want to know. I want. I want right. to trust that the director is. Right. I mean, if I'm asked to see a shot, so I understand why I can't move here because I'm out of frame or something. But I never wanted to see any of Grand Budapest Hotel. <laughs> Was did West try to? No, no. I don't think he'd have liked it anyway. <laughs> so uh, it was fine. <laughs> the um, uh, quickly after uh, Schindler, I do want to mention. Um, quiz show because I, I absolutely adore that film i i, I also I, I i have a 
distant relation to Herb Stemple. Certainly not Charles Van Doren is not in my book. You're related to I'm related Stemple. to Herbert Stemple. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> for good or for ah, bad. Is he alive still? Uh, I do not believe so, no. He died, did he? Yeah, yeah. But, uh, Van my, Doren's still alive, I think. Is he? Is he? I think so. I don't know. The, uh, I, I love so much about that film. I mean, th- when I think about your performance, I think about a few things. I think of the Paul Schofield scenes yeah, yeah. and some heartbreaking moments towards the end mm. of that film. Mm. Can you? What do you recall of working with him and... Is Redford or Paul Schofield? Schofield, or both, but I'm curious. Oh, well, I was in awe of Schofield because he was one of the actors that inspired me to be an actor. I went to go and see him on the National Theatre stage. And so when they told me it was going to be him, I was sort of thrilled. I mean, kind of almost emotional with (laughs) anticipation that this god of the stage, in my eyes, was going to be playing my dad. He was... Well, he's very, he's a sweet, lovely, gentle, gentle yeah. gentleman. Um, very unassuming. I remember he did get, she got understandably frustrated because this thing on film is that new people go away and change the dialogue the night before, constant see, rewriting. Yeah. Um, that didn't suit him, understandably. I remember him getting, saying, I'm not, I've learned, I've prepared this, it's not working for me to get new dialogue the, right. night, the night before. Right. Um, but apart from that one moment, he said it firmly, not just very firmly put his foot down. But uh, uh, to work with, for me, charming, lovely, just um, totally sweet, present. I mean, I... I, I I would think at that stage in your career, I mean, just a yeah, mind-boggling experience to... Yeah, but all, yes, it was. But also it was just someone acting brilliantly with you, right. responding. So it didn't quite quickly. When I wasn't thinking, my God, I'm with Paul Schofield. Right. I, I was quite quickly with another actor right. playing a scene. Um, is, yeah. is, it, is it odd for you where... I would think for, for young actors today that work for, with you in a scene, they probably have a little bit of that hero worship for you now, or a little bit of putting you on a, on a pedestal. Is that, do you, do you ever experience that? Do you notice that? Is there, is it incumbent on you to, <laughs> to get to the work and to, um, assuage their, their nerves? Yeah, I, I don't know. Well, I don't know if any, they feel that, but I mean, I sometimes do feel generally there can be, I just think with every actor, of course, with younger actors, you can feel a bit adrenaline and a bit of anxiety. Like you feel it with older actors too. I think it's really great that actors help each other, um, can relax each, you know, support each other. Um, but I definitely, yeah, I can think of. Well, mind a lot of young actors, incredibly confident. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Ignorance is bliss sometimes. Too. sort of. You know, I think it's <laughs> often they're not nervous at all. They're worried. That's not the problem. Yeah. Confident. <laughs> Maybe you should be nervous around me. Uh, no, no, I don't. I just think <laughs> a little humility. <laughs> um, speaking of humility, I guess the first bump in the road was was Avengers. Oh yeah. <laughs> Which everybody, whatever, has these moments in their career that oh, it looks God. good on paper or whatever. Did it look good on paper? When did you realize that was not going to maybe oh, turn into what you had imagined it would be? I think I was head in the sand on the <laughs> filming. I think probably at some level I, I knew it wasn't quite connecting. But at the time, I loved Jerry Weintraub, who produced it, who exuded confidence right. in it. Like, the rushes <laughs> are great. It's great. He was a salesman. He was a... Uh, um, 
I loved him to bits, and working with him made it a fun experience. Cause, uh, but yeah, no, it was a it was a blow. I mean, I I thought we didn't didn't it it, it failed completely failed. It failed to capture the the wit and the. I think we I think Uma and I were we got on fine, but I think that we were not were not a successful match. Was 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 Connery, who's a, a, a you know notoriously can be a you know bit, you know can be curmudgeonly if he's not happy with a with a project. Was he happy to be there, or was it? Was I got it? On, yeah, he was sweet. I loved the scenes I had. He was it's an occasional curmudgeonly thing. I, I it didn't the, the shooting process felt fine, and you know obviously it was a studio film and the, it was you know sort of luxury filmmaking, um, but. Uh, yeah, what to say? It yeah. was a failure. Generally speaking, do you feel? Do you trust your own instincts when you're t- when you take on a project, or do you lean on on friends, management, whatever for advice at this point? But the the, the choice, the choice to actually engage to what, in a project, mean, to, on the project, or the choice to do it, to do it, the initial choice is okay. that a gut thing, or is that a measured t- no, it's temperature? Probably, everybody probably. A gut thing. I, I guess I have I have two great agents. One in LA and one, well, th- two two in LA actually. The CAA, um, Brian Lord, Joel Lubin, and then I have Simon Beresford in London, and they are people whose opinion I respect, and you know, well, they will, and I like it when they give me. You know, sometimes I have a, you know, a sort of instinctive. That's great. Be great. Could be cool. And they go, are you sure it's going to be this? And they sort of point out, they give me a context for, right. and I go, oh yeah, yeah you're right. <laughs> <laughs> mm. um, but sometimes, you know, you're in situations where you go, well, I like the writing, I like the director, and you know, an agent might say, well, yeah, but rape, you know. The more interesting part is that one, and if you do that, you know, and then, you know, you... Um, so they would be the people. I can't think of other people. I would. Yeah. They would be my them. I mean, that you, if an actor says the word agent, it sort of conjures up guy in the suit. But agents can have creative. Uh, no, they are very. For me, they're more friends. They are friends. Yeah. You know, they're just a, a t- we're a team. Um, they happen to wear suits and call themselves agents, but they're good people. They're good people. For me, they're they're <laughs> wearing, and they're, and after a while, of course, it does become it becomes a certainly a friendship or at least a working friendship. Sure. Um, as you go through stuff and they watch the ups and downs, and you that we're all in it together to some extent. What was what was taking on um, the part in the in the Harry Potter series an, an easy decision at the time? Did it because it's a commitment? I mean, it's you know you're going to be spending a few months every year or so the next few years of your life no I I was reluctant to it was actually Mary Selway who's sadly no longer here but she was a great formidable casting director in the UK and she was casting the Harry Potters and she she metaphorically twisted my arm Um, and I think a combination of her sort of tough insistence that I shouldn't ignore this. And then, a, and then the combination of the artwork I was shown, the look of Voldemort. And I thought that was really cool. And also my family, my sister, the mother of my nieces and nephews, <laughs> said, you don't realise what it is. You're yeah. Voldemort, Rafe. If you know anything about Harry Potter, <laughs> this is the biggie. 
this will make you the uncle of all time. <laughs> Don't yeah. waste this opportunity. Yeah. And it didn't make me the uncle of all time. Oh, no. <laughs> it, was, it got me to say yes to the part. <laughs> I mean, I spoke, I, I had the pleasure actually of having, um, of Alan Rickman on the podcast actually oh, uh, just yeah. a few months uh, before his passing. And he, you know, he talked about how he was amused actually how he actually wasn't recognized by kids very often. He was, mm-hmm. he was usually shocked when they when they were i mean you, you even more justifiable you i mean you know the man but sitting I do, before- weirdly i do i do get recognized somehow they must <laughs> i think i'm safe and i'm not <laughs> <laughs> do they ask you to do anything untoward anything maniacal no no kids no no they don't not no sometimes sometimes they look they look as if they sh- they're scared <laughs> that's um as the as the Harry Potter generation gets older, then those the scared reactions go away. Right. It's now people who are close to eighteen or nineteen who are saying, "I, I remember you as Voldemort." Right. You scarred them as a child. Be, like four years ago, it would be like, "Oh, you are Voldemort." Right. Now it's like, "Oh yeah, when I was a kid." <laughs> I mean, you, you've you've you know, in retrospect, made some very wise decisions in those those kinds of quote unquote kinds of films, which are these you know spectacle mm. films, whether it's the Bond series in recent years or the Potter series, which are one would argue, I would argue, these are great films in their own right, and they also happen to be ginormous, billion-dollar grossing things that give you, you know, that, that, that help your career in other ways in terms of helping you probably the, mount the films you want to direct, etc. Yeah. Do you feel that sure. that has been the case in terms of helping other areas? And Yeah, of course, it helps. Get paid very well, that helps. <laughs> no, seriously, yeah. I mean, it's, it's um, no, I think it's, you know, the things I want to do often in my heart and soul don't often, they are money losers. And so those, you know, those well-crafted big films, which are very popular, like I do think Sam Mendes has done the last two Bonds very effectively. Yeah. Uh, and I thought David Yates, I feel very lucky to have been on two franchises where very, very skilled, intelligent directors have been leading it. And so the... There's no reason why, you know, that's why you hope the studios will... There's no reason why there can't be... Mutually exclusive, yeah, exactly. commercial <laughs> films that are really good films. There, there should be. And sometimes, it, you know, but you do... I mean, are, are you... I, it's not, it's not, I mean, it's... It's, it's, it's not, it's, a, it's the, I think, the coordinates of what... The product that is wanted by the studio is very, very few directors. Chris Nolan would be one again, right. who managed to sort of keep their art, their art, their craft has life and in it, in, in amongst all the requirements. Is it frustrating for you? I mean, in terms of uh, you're obviously a film lover like myself, and like you know, this this film is being put out by Fox Searchlight, which is one of the kind of the few kind of specialty mm-hmm. studios that are able to still put out product like this, frankly, mm-hmm. that's intelligent mm-hmm. and adult and it doesn't have somebody in a cape or, or mm-hmm. um, do you, are you someone that spends time worrying about sort of where cinema is and, and the, the, the um, amount of multiplex space there is for films of this type of a bigger splash? Um, or do you think it's all cyclical? Are we okay as film in safe hands? Well, but people have been saying oh, it's the death of drama in film. I mean, you know, when was it some one four or five years ago, there were no dramas or very few at the Oscars or something. Anyway, there was a sort of word of you know the drama is dead, but it's right. not true. You know, and 
And then people are saying film is dead. But I heard that someone told me Kodak are going to re release, um, do a new Super 8, someone said to me. Oh, is that right? Is that right? I don't know. I don't yeah, know. But I mean, I'm I think, I think, the, I think, I think younger people coming in to make into the film business are smart. They don't, you know, they want to push boundaries. So it's the new, the new, the new blood, the new ideas, the new women and men coming in um, will want to not, they don't want to be making the same stuff their parents right. were making or their older sibling. They want to, I think, I, I don't feel, I think the, the, the cinema maybe is in danger because of home entertainment. Maybe that's challenged a bit. Right. But I think people still love to see go. I don't, I don't feel it's desperate. Yeah. I don't feel. I think, you know, there's enough of a, ba a balancing act with the film festivals wanting intelligent adult films that are inventive, provocative. Uh, well, and it's heartening to see, I mean, just in the last year or so, what you've worked with two of you know three if you count two of the Cone brothers but mm. wes wes anderson and the Cone brothers mm. with uh, filmmakers that you had never worked mm. with that are still have autonomy still yeah. can basically make what they want within reason mm -hmm. and um they give me a reason to keep going to the mm -hmm. movies the Cone brothers that for my money are basically the best filmmakers mm -hmm. of my generation mm. um do you, do you are you one of those actors that has sort of that running list that the those filmmakers that you still want to work with that you i mean do you put yourself out there or do you just sort of let it come to you in terms of um filmmakers that you admire I mean, you mentioned some like Chris Nolan, like yeah, uh, no. I mean, I, I I guess I have had right. I haven't actually thought about doing a film for a while. <laughs> so I've got I put put my focus in back in the theatre for a bit, but uh, no, I think I yeah. I mean, someone like Inaritu, I'd love to work with. I'm very envious of the actors who get invited to his films. Benignly envious, I'd say. <laughs> um, but but uh, no, I think he would be at the top of my list. Yeah. When you um, see, when you see, do you still get? What's the last like, performance that you saw on screen that excited you? Just as a whether as a performer yourself or as a fan of a film, can you cite any? Um, the last performance I saw on film, um, sorry, it's, oh, those questions always throw me. That's okay. I'm thinking of the, the last crop of uh, Academy contenders. The last... There was a, what, The Revenant and Spotlight. And, yeah, uh, no, I liked... I thought Michael Fassbender was excellent in that Jobs film. Oh, so did I. Yeah, I thought that was an excellent film. Yeah, yeah I thought he was stunning to have, to have so much to say. And to, I thought it was very, very impressive. And you're, mm. you're, you mentioned theater being a, a I mean, obviously it's been a focus throughout your career, mm. but mm. that's where your head's at now. Cause you're going to be doing what Richard. I saw, sorry. I caught Gary Cooper and Mr. Deeds goes to town. <laughs> that's the most recent for great performance that yeah. resonated with you. Yeah. I don't know if that's a good sign or a bad sign for our current crop of actors. Well, it's the last thing I saw <laughs> and it made such an impression on me. We don't have many Gary Coopers. Nowadays. No, I know we don't. <laughs> Gary Coopers, Jimmy Stewart's, where are they? Exactly. Um, the, it, it, Richard the Third is the next thing that you're diving mm -hmm. into. Is that right? Mm -hmm. is, is part of your brain right now occupied with that? I mean, how mm -hmm. does it massively? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what what does that mean in terms of like wrestling with literally dialogue or themes or what? I mean, when like what what is occupied by your brain in terms of approaching that months out? 
what is how the prep do you break like into a, a, such a well known part well trodden path you know how do you how do we the director uh, the cast we unlock it so it's it can be fresh right. and immediate that's the biggest that you know Shakespeare, the challenge of Shakespeare is how can audiences receive that that language and that text and it be have a freshness um becomes in, continually a challenge i think yeah that's the first thing and also you know but i mean yeah i'm just it's like all kinds of options at the moment we start rehearsals next week so i i I've, you know i'm just looking at all the ways one can can go in it um but i have i have i feel i have a a starting idea or starting approach but you know until you get up and do it right it's all just theory well back to your earlier point of like getting in the moment with other actors and the director yeah, exactly. leaving yourself open to a little magic yeah, exactly. there hopefully exactly not to me um do you consume much theater too whether while you're here in new york do you make a point of seeing i try to yeah yeah i saw the crucible which i i saw the other day which too. i liked a lot me too i, I it was a I've never felt so involved in that play than I did the other night. Yeah. Uh, I like, I like Eva Van Hover's work. I've seen a lot, seen quite a bit of it actually. Yeah. Well, I had on, um, Mark Strong recently for mm. a view from the bridge, which mm. was another remarkably, as you say, fresh, it felt yeah. alive. It felt like it was just written. Um, and that's hard to do. As you say, it was something that we've seen so many times. It is, but that's the challenge, I suppose. Yep. <laughs> Um, so that's a, a, a bigger splash is, is the film obviously that's about to open. Is there anything else in the, on the docket that we should look out for coming to theaters or is, uh, well, you, I, I'm, this is something I want to mention. I'm very excited that you're playing Alfred in the Lego Batman oh, yeah. film. This seems like perfection. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Well, I enjoyed recording it. Um, oh, you get, you get my voice into animated films, um, that and Cubo and the two strings. Right. Right, which I thought was a beautiful screenplay, beautiful artwork that I saw. I like that a lot. Otherwise, I'm not. You got not. That's it now. That's it. You got you got some work to do for Richard the Third. It's all uh, good. Yeah, yeah. Was it was a uh, was recording even Alfred again? This is in that kind of a film enjoyable. Was that sort of a, a lark? Yeah, I thought it was fun. I thought it was very funny, funny dialogue. Yeah, I thought it was fun. Yeah, yeah. no, it was good. It was. I thought it was witty, funny, made me laugh. And now you can check off superhero film without doing one, that, one of the yeah. lesser ones. <laughs> this is this because judging by the Lego movie, I think you're in safe hands. Yeah. Um, I, I really appreciate your time today. I know, you know, uh, as you said, um, opening yourself up to a longer conversation is, 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 uh, is challenging. And I, I appreciate you um, doing it for this today. And as I said, I'm a great fan of your work. And this film is an exceptional one. Thank you. From the right, I'm Mark Hard. And from the left, I'm Pete Hard. And we're the hosts of Hard Nation. We're covering all the biggest stories this election season on Earwolf while talking to your very favorite politicians like Ted Cruz. Who would I cast? A dream cast of the People versus O.J. Simpson? Obviously playing O.J. Simpson. Jesus Christ. Hillary Clinton. I'm a chopper, yo, dick! Oh! Ah! 
Donald Trump. If I became president, I would bronze every immigrant child and I would attach them to naval ships. Listen to Hard Nation Today, America, on Earwolf, Howl, iTunes, or your favorite podcast app. Get hard. This has been an Earwolf production, executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Adam Sachs, and Chris Bannon. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolf.